In today's show, we're going to look at Monday in the NBA. There were seven games on. We'll look at waiver wire moves. We'll look at big injury news that did break today as well. We'll also look at Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble. And on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by, if I can find it, LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Seven games on. We'll talk about those, including some yeah, big performances, as usual. How about that big bloke in Milwaukee? We'll talk about him later on, as well as the other big stuff and the stuff we need to pay attention to. Let's get into some news, though, straight away. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Josh Giddy, when I did the injury show earlier today, was questionable. He's out. So, the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Opportunity for him, as well as Trey Mann, to be streamers for that Tuesday with Giddy out. And Jalen Suggs is now questionable. He is worth an ad with Fultz, Anthony, and Harris all out. Suggs, if he does play, like we didn't know who was going to be back first, Fultz or Suggs. Didn't really think it was going to be Harris or Anthony, but Suggs has won the race. So there's going to be an opportunity there for him, so he's worth a grab. Even if he doesn't play Tuesday, the fact that he's the closest to returning, or so it seems, he's worth going for there. In bad news, Kawhi Leonard is out. Yes, he's out today, but he's also out for the next two games. So at this point, the earliest he can return is Sunday. Kawhi has played two games this season, 21 minutes in each of those. By the end of this road trip, he will have missed six straight games. This is not a normal thing. This is not Kawhi and injury management. This is a setback. This is 16 months removed from an ACL injury. Something has gone wrong with his knee. It's not great at all. Like it is, you know, entering the season, I was fully aware that Kawhi was going to sit every back-to-back, and that's totally fine. But he should have been playing 30 minutes, 31 minutes, basically now. Full load. No reason he shouldn't have been. Something has gone wrong. Um, so for for interest's sake, someone... Meant, I, I tweeted about this and someone said, hey, what about when Derek Rose tore his ACL? What happened then? So when I looked at it, interestingly enough, Derek Rose, we know he's had multiple knee injuries. I mean, before his ACL, he had a knee problem before that, which I think limited him to 33 games in that season. And then he tore his ACL, in, I think the 28th or 29th of April, first round of the playoffs. You're not too far removed from when Kawhi tore his ACL. So when I looked at what Derrick Rose did in his return season, in which he only played like, I think, 16 games or 11 games or something because of a separate injury, but Derrick Rose came back opening night and played 34 minutes. Now that is because his coach is a maniac in Tom Thibodeau, and I'm not suggesting that Kawhi should have done that, but this is like a long time ago, this ACL injury. And unless you're the man who may must not be named in Orlando, look, this is not a normal uh, situation. And I don't know what's going on, and I'm, I'd be panicking if I had Kawhi. Would I sell him? I don't think he should, honestly. I know it's troublesome. I wouldn't drop him. 
selling him, what are you getting? A top 80 player back? What's the point in that? I think you've just got to wear it and just be like, Fuck, I hope he comes back soon. Because it is really, really troubling. Jay Sean Tate, <clears throat> the wild thing. He's out today with an ankle problem. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. But it's not just a management thing. He apparently re-aggravated the injury and it's going to be re-evaluated tomorrow. So that gives a boost to KJ Martin. It gives a boost to Eric Gordon. It gives a slight reprieve to Tari preseason. Not that I think he's going to be a 12-team league guy, but Tate might be missing some more games here, which is going to help those other players out. And then the bad news out of San Antonio, rookie Blake Wesley, who was set for a big role, a backup point guard role, 17 minutes a night, has torn his MCL, is going to be out six to eight weeks. That puts him out until after Christmas, almost definitely. And then there'll be a slower ramp up. What this means for deeper leagues is that someone like Malachi Branham probably plays a little bit more. Um, Romeo Langford, plays a little bit more, and it really does help solidify Josh Richardson. As I, Even though Richardson's out at the moment, I think he's a 12-team league guy. He'll get almost 30 minutes a night, even if he does come off the bench, which I think he will. But it'll be him and Branham or him and Langford coming off the bench, and their point guard stocks are super thin, but Richardson can handle the ball. So I think this does help him there. And it is, It's not great for Blake. I, I thought he was going to start to flash a few things, but we're not going to get that opportunity, unfortunately, uh, to see him do that now that uh, he has suffered this torn MCL. Let's look at the top added players over the last 24 hours in fantasy leagues. Tyus Jones, up 32%. People reacting to the Jar Morant absence last game. Jar did return today, but they were without Bane. So Jones does remain a guy to hold until they get that full complement of guards back. Marcus Morris, up 30%. Yeah, I guess with Kawhi out, I can see the appeal, but not really. Also, I just don't think Marcus Morris is a particularly good fantasy player. Streaming him in for today made a little bit of sense, but I don't really see it as a long-term play. I get to play this sound again because I love it. Broncos country, let's rock. Jalen Williams up 24%. This is the Jalen you want. J-A-L-E-N. That is the Jalen Williams you want. Forget the other bloke. This is the one you want. Up 24% is a good ad. Alex Caruso, the rabbit hunter. Quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Um, with Io Desumu, Kobe White, and Zach Levine all sort of in doubt, in and out of lineups, there's an opportunity for Crusoe to have some big numbers. And this is um, useful. Jock Landau up 16%. Makes sense with eight now. I like it. Norman Powell up 14%. Yep. Kevin Herter. Well, hopefully you added him before today because he went off. And now Darren Fox has gotten hurt. Um, Herder, I've probably I've probably been higher on Herder than others in the past, but also lower on him this season. He has, after that little flourish that Malik Monk had, sort of pushed him back to the side, and Herder's putting up good numbers. He is a 12-team league guy. And the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Um, 14% up as well. Yeah, I'm not as interested in adding Barnes. His game today was all right. And like I've said this a million times, when you look at the end of year rankings, he might be 130th or 140th, and that makes him useful in a 12-team league. But the upside's not really there when we're trying to find the hit. We're trying to find the Jalen Williams who might be top 90. We're trying to find a Jeremy Sohan who might push to top 100. We're trying to find that guy, whereas the old safety bloke like um, Barnes, who's sitting there, that you can probably just go grab later. It's not, it's not as appealing. So that's, that's my thought on Barnes and how to approach him in a head-to-head league. In Roto, it's probably a little bit different, but that's how I view Barnes. But people have gone and flocked to add him. The most dropped players over the last 24 hours, Muxy Kleber down 18%. 
Yeah, fair enough. He was a good stream for the weekend. Jalen Noel, absolute stink last game. Absolute turd he dropped on us. It was useless. And yeah, he shouldn't be held in 12-team leagues. Reggie Bullock, yep, that was a nice ad for the back-to-back -back on the weekend. Pity he's doing nothing. Joshy Richardson down 10%. I reckon that might be a little bit premature. I'd be holding on to Richardson, even though he did miss. Jalen Duran down 10%. Duran might return Wednesday. I think that might have been premature. Bob Covington down 10 no worries. Patrick Beverly down 8%. Absolutely. See you later, Pat. And Jim Wiseman down 8%. I can't find it. There it is. Yeah, the bothersome thing with this is that the Warriors play on Tuesday and there's only four games on, so Wiseman might be useful, but he's rostered in far too many leagues. I'm glad that people are starting to realize that, you know what, maybe he shouldn't be. If you are looking to hire for your job, maybe the Warriors are looking to hire a backup center. Well, could they go into LinkedIn jobs and do it? I'm not saying they can't, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about small businesses, finding the best qualified candidates for that job. And LinkedIn jobs is going to be the place that helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there. It's so easy. Just create a job. That's all you need to do on LinkedIn. And then you go onto your profile and you add the purple hashtag hiring frame onto your profile. And that lets people know that you are in fact hiring. The screening questions they make, it's so easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Like this is a godsend for people who do hiring, sifting through resumes and other job, job sites can be a pain, but LinkedIn jobs does it for you. That's why, linked, that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. The terms and the conditions, oh yeah, they both apply. After you're done listening to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, check out Locked On Sports today. Quick recap of all of the action right across sports, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube with all of the Locked On Podcast Network experts. Experts, experts. All right, first game. Sixers Wizards. All right, I'm going to throw this out there now, and I want you, if you are watching this on YouTube, or even you can tweet it at me. I tweeted it, but I did tweet this out today already. I said, I'm asking for a specific NBA team. If you have a bad GM... Are they able to recognize they have a bad coach? Now, I'm not saying what team that that was in reference to, but there was one specific team I had in mind. The funny thing about that tweet was, is that so many people thought it was their team that I was talking about. Which team do you think I was actually referencing there where I was talking about a bad GM not recognizing a bad coach? First game was the Sixers and the Wizards. Really, really good for the Sixers, who obviously had some struggles to begin this season, but have started to turn around. I think they've won three in a row now. They win this 118-111. They're back to 500. Four and four is their record. And old mate Jim Harden played 38 minutes, 23-7-17 and 17 with two steals without Joel Embiid. He'd struggled a little bit last week. This is a nice recovery. While Tyrese Maxey was another strong shooting night from Max, Tangles had 28-3-3 with two triples. Not his best game, but still really strong. And the wave pull, 33 minutes with Embiid out. That's two games without Embiid and two games over 30 minutes for Melton. 16-2-1 with two steals on 70% shooting. He is a 12-team league option for now. Let's see how they run Tucker, Melton, House, and how the minutes distribute as we move forward. As for the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. He had four steals. He had 16 points, but putrid from the line. Only one assist. He's dropped down to 76 this season. He's going to keep falling, I think, into the 80s or to the 90s. And that's you know, sort of where he is. And that's sort of what we expected when he was drafted. 
Um, PJ Tucker had 13 and 5, one of his better games, but the backup center thing is just still a mess. But we got two blocks out of Montrez Harrell. Thibel played 16 minutes. He looks like he might be back in the rotation, but please, God, don't add him. He had two steals in 16 minutes, while Daniel House just the 15 minutes. And Georgie Niang, the minivan, he had 12 points in his 14. For the Wizards, Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. 32, 9, 3 threes and 2 steals. Starting to roll now. Top 40 players so far. I think it is going to continue to improve. While Monte Morris also had a big game. 35 minutes, 19 points, 4 assists and 3 steals on 34. Sorry. 54% shooting. 30s, I was looking at Beal, who had 25 and 6 with 39%. He struggled a little bit the last couple of games there, Beal. They made a change to their starting line. Denny Avdia moved to the bench. Not for Will Barton. Not for Rui Hachimura. But for Anthony Gill. 26 minutes for Anthony Gill, 11 and 4. Like, okay. I know Gill can shoot a little bit. I know they like his steadiness. It's just silly. Like, what are we doing? Maybe maybe I'm being unfair. He had, what was he, a plus 7? While Hachimura was a minus 18 and Will Barton was a minus 19? Now, you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. Will! Sorry, Barton was a minus 17. Yeah, but they're all bad as well. Like, Rui and Will are bad. Like, they're not very good. And I don't know why Denny Avdia now plays 17 minutes, goes scoreless. Maybe the 3% usage has something to do with that, but I think Unseld might be sort of screwing with him a little bit, and it's going to lead to some uneven performances. It was an uneven performance from Kyle Kuzma, who had nine points with seven boards in 33 minutes. Shot well, apart from that missed dunk, but 9% usage? Huh? What the fuck? What? Why is his usage all over? Why is Rui Hachimura getting 29 usage and Kuzma's getting 9? Yeah, probably deserve to lose when that happens. That would be my um, not-at-all-educated opinion. Game 2. The Kings with a big win over the Charlotte Hornets. 115-108. Let's start with De'Aaron Fox. Lasted 9 minutes before what the Kings are calling knee soreness. Just go and add Davion Mitchell. Right? I don't know whether... Fox is going to miss time. Their next game is not to Wednesday. There's only two more games this week for the Kings. But knee soreness, who knows? Is it Devin Vassell knee soreness? Is it Alonzo Ball knee soreness? Is it something more than knee soreness? You might sacrifice an ad that might mean nothing, adding Davion Mitchell. But you got to do it. I think you have to take that risk. You go and grab him. And then if it doesn't work out, you go, oh, fuck me. Who cares? Sorry for the language. Oh, but, but oh well, I move on. Because if you don't, someone else is going to grab him. And if it works out, then that is a huge win. I don't particularly think Davion Mitchell's a great player, but I know he can put up numbers. 23, four rebounds, five triples and three steals for Mitchell here. Hmm. Vanna Pants, great also. 26 points, five threes, five assists, two steals and a block for Kevin Herter. That's really strong. He's been much better than anticipated. The last couple of games have been really good. Well, remember that little Malik Monk flourish? Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened there. Seven points in 15 minutes for him. 22% shooting. He has fallen way off. You want to talk about falling way off? DeMontis Sabonis fouled out again. It was a soft as shit foul. Dreadful foul call, I thought, on him, the 6-1 to fouling out. But that doesn't matter. This just keeps happening. 16 boards is nice. Seven assists is nice. 31 minutes is not. 19% usage is not. Nine points on nine shots is putrid. And it continues to be putrid. But in saying all of this, while I thought it was an insane decision for them to trade for DeMontis Sabonis, while I think he's a man sort of without a position in the modern NBA, he is better than this. He's going to play the 30 minutes a night, plus there'll be some weird nights in there. He's going to grab rebounds. And he's going to shoot better than 33%. He's currently the 62nd ranked player this season. That is going to bump up. It might not bump up to top 20. In fact, it almost definitely doesn't. But it's going to be better than this. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Bounty.
16 and 9. No threes, no steals, no blocks. The most anemic shot blocking forward in the history of the NBA, Harrison Barnes, I reckon. It was perfect 8 of 8 from the line. This is really good. And maybe there is some um, genius, genius, the wrong word. Let's just say backing to adding him with Fox out. A few more extra shots. I just still don't love it though from him. I still don't love the over. I'd much rather take Mitchell and Herter than I would over Barnes. Well, Keegan Murray. Remember that really you know, first really big game? And now it's sort of settling in. 12 points, 33%, four rebounds, steal and a block, two assists. I think he's going to end up like 90th, 100th. That's okay. It's okay to be there as a rookie. And we talked about this a lot with him, Summer League preseason, that as the number one guy versus the number three or four guy, things change quite a bit. And I want to see you do some other things. And he's not quite at that level. Deeper leagues, you want to look at Matty Dellavedova. He can get you assists. You got three and eight minutes here. That's deeper leagues. Dennis Smith Jr., the wood slanger. I told you a million times, this guy is one of the best defensive stat getting guards in the NBA. Well, here you go. 37 minutes, 15, 7 and 8, 6 steals and a block 54%. Now, this happens a lot. Whereas I, I can talk about a guy, oh, look, he looks interesting. Go and add him, go and add him. And then I'm like, yeah, but I think something's going to cool off. And then I'm on the other side of the uh, of the argument. People go, nah, man, he's too good. He has to play 27 and 9. Yeah, I don't really know how that's going to happen. Maybe it does. But I have to try and look at it logically, analytically. 34 minutes of LaMelo Ball have to come back. 34 minutes of Terry Rozier have to come back. Also, by the way, Cody Martin is out. And he's going to come back into the rotation. Smith will stay in the rotation and he will play ahead of James Booknight. But will he play more minutes than Kelly Oubre? Will he play more minutes than Jalen McDaniels? Will he play more minutes than Cody Martin? These are all bench players. You definitely hold Smith and we see what happens, but I, I'm not seeing how he's going to maintain 25 minutes a night. Because what that means is Terry Rozier never plays as the point guard. He plays strictly as a shooting guard, and I don't think they want to do that. And it means we cut into Martin and Ubre and McDaniels and their minutes off the bench as well. And I'm not convinced that is what Cliffo is going to do. This is screaming one of those, hey, he's in a great situation, he's doing his job, but then you go back to your old job of playing 18, 19 minutes, which still might be useful enough, but nowhere near to this level. We want to watch it, we want to see what happens, but I'm not looking at go, got him. Wave I pick up the ear, he's going to kill it. He's going to keep doing it. I don't I don't think that's realistic to do. Again, my number one thing to anyone who, who looks at it this way, 240 minutes in a game. Plan them out. How do we get on a nine in a 10-man rotation? How does Smith get 25 minutes in that 10-man rotation? It's really hard. To, I can't even get Jalen McDaniels into 20 minutes on a fully healthy team. And he's playing just as well. It's really hard to get in there. That's what she said. Um... Ubre stunk 16 points in 25 minutes. He's just really, he's not good, man. Like, uh, he's not good. Maybe that's how Smith gets him because they go, fuck this guy, like he's useless. Uh, what's the point of him out there? I, I, I do not like Kelly Ubre as a player. Sexy man, bad player. Uh, Haywood struggled 12 points with six assists while Jalen McDaniels, the good times keep rolling. 13 points with three threes, four assists, and two steals. He is going to drop off, but another 75% shooting night from three. It's going to hit hard, this regression. But now he's a top 100 player. I do not foresee him being a top 120 guy rest of season. Have him, roll with him, see how it goes. Mason Plumley, 28 minutes. That's what we hate. We hate seeing that, 28 minutes. 12 and 10 for the big fella. Bad from the line as per usual. But like we talked about, if Big Dick Nick Richards can't play 20 plus minutes when he's a perfect and perfect 9 of 9 and goes 20 and 11 points and rebounds, he's never going to get the job or at least any time soon. Richards has now fallen outside the top 150. And, and I'm just not really sure that upside is there. So if you want to move on. Okay. 
If you want to hold, also okay. But it's not like, man, just wait. Just wait for Nick Richards. I, I'm not really sure that's going to happen. It could, but it also feels like a little bit of wishful thinking. If Plumlee gets hurt, then it's all systems go. But, you know, is that a likelihood? Is that something that's going to happen? I don't know. Let's go to the next one. The Pacers, the Nets. The Nets win at 116-109 without Ben Simmons. Okay. Um, Aaron Neesmith was out, so Chris Duarte started. And this is one of those games where I look at Rick Carlisle's rotations and go, what? Your game-to-game reliability is just not there. 38 minutes for Duarte. 30 points, 5 threes, 67%. On one side, I can look at this and go, it's actually a good thing because Carlos just going, well, you're playing well, so play. He's not beholden to names or rotations or anything. Benedict Mathram didn't play as well. He played only 22 minutes, 16, 2, and 1. He had 31 usage, but he wasn't as good. Matherin now slowly going back towards being around the 100th ranked player, which, which is still useful, but you know, we're seeing the minutes fluctuating a lot there. Badrick healed after the guy, or he was one of the guys at the start of the year that was subject to some of those weird rotations, but now it's wrong. 36 minutes, 22 points, 3 threes, 7 assists, and 2 steals. He's a sale high if anyone would do that. I don't know that they would. He's top 50 this season. Isaiah Jackson hurt his knee. No, not good. 13 minutes, 8 and 5 with a steal. I'm still holding because... I don't know what the hell is happening with Miles Turner. He goes on the Woj pod and basically says, hey, Lakers, you need me. Trade for me. I've never really heard anyone ever say that before. I get the guy's probably annoyed at being in trade discussions for three plus years. And we hear every single day about how the Lakers want to trade for him. And he's just like, like again, sorry, kids. This might be a swearing podcast. So sorry. He goes, for fuck's sake, just do it. Just fucking do it. Like, I imagine he has that attitude. And he just leaves frustrations out. But he was terrible in this game. And Carlisle benched him. 20 minutes, 7 and 5. Still had two blocks, but 25% shooting. Didn't hit his free throws. Really weird stuff, that interview. And we'll see if it does anything. I don't think it will, but we'll see if it does. Those uh, those of you with Jalen Smith, are you uh, standing by your man? Stand by your man! He's putrid. Like, he was so bad in this game. And I think I answered this on the pregame show today. Someone was talking about Jalen Smith. And I'm like, yeah, look, I think he's got the opportunity to put up good fantasy sets, but long-term... I don't actually think he's a particularly good player. He's just in a situation where he's going to get minutes. Today, yeah, well, three and four on four shots, had some early fouls, brutalized whenever he plays at center because he, he just, he can't do it. He's so bad at it and he struggled, but he is a clear hold. I don't get to do this very often, but I'm going to do it now. Jimmy Johnson, he, did he make us proud? I don't give a shit. I'm going to play the song anyway. He um, played 18 minutes, James, for four points and three rebounds. I literally just wanted to play that. <clears throat> for the Nets, Durant, 39 minutes, 36, 9, and 7, two threes, a steal, and a block. Hyper-efficient. He's up to number two this season in fantasy. He's been great. Kyrie played 43 minutes, 28, 6, and 6, four steals, and a block with four threes. I don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. I don't think the Nets are going to suspend him, but this guy's just a dickhead. Like, honestly, just watching him in press conferences, it's so frustrating. It's so, He's so annoying. There's always going to be something with this guy. Always. Always. I've defended him at times in the past. The last couple of years, I haven't really been able to. Like, he is a dickhead. He's a dickhead. As simple as that. Without Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton played 31 minutes. 19 and 9, four blocks on 82%. Big jump from where he was previous games. 
The Simmons factor is a real impact on him. Let's see what happens tomorrow. They started Joe Harris in place of Simmons, who had three steals and a block, but only seven points. I don't think you need to worry about him in 12-teamers. In fact, I don't think he even plays tomorrow. Well, Royce O'Neal, the best Marty man, had just the eight points. The five assists are good. The eight rebounds are good, a steal and a block. But that absolute hot streak he was on to start the season has cooled off, predictably. Markeith Morris played 10 minutes. Dayron Sharp played 11. Just, you know, they got by. I wouldn't say they're playing particularly well, but they got by. Speaking of not playing well, the Atlanta Hawks get smashed by the Raptors, 139-109. Is Nate McMillan a good coach? Nope. DeJounte Murray played 31 minutes, 20 points with nine assists. His assists had been down a little bit, but he was able to get back on track in this game with some uh, solid lines, no steals or blocks. While Nyeka Kong were only the 16 minutes, but eight and five with two blocks. Continues to chug along as a nice backup big man. The upside, I don't really think is there unless we're just waiting on Capella's injury, if it happens. Trey Young had just a, a ridiculous line. Now, I don't mention turnovers often. He had 10 of them. What are you doing, Trey? 10 of them. So he had 14 points, one three, no rebounds with 10 assists on 23% shooting and 10 turnovers. Just a, a brutal game from Trey. He got hounded by the Raptors. Johnny Collins, another subpar game. 30 minutes, 12 and 12, no defensive stats, 41% shooting. Really starting to cool off now after that ridiculously hot start. While um, let's let's jack DeAndre Hunter off. Get that garbage out of here! 11-1 and 1. Why are so many people rostering this guy in 12-10 league? Surely not everyone is that blind. Surely not. Um, like what, what's the point? What are we? Why? Why are we possibly holding on to him? There's so much garbage time in this game that we've got six Trent Forest minutes. That's how you know shit's gone whack. 25 minutes for Capella, 13 and 5. Not his best night, but totally okay. Well, for the Raptors, there was no Fred Van Vliet, so they started Christian Coloco. 9 and 5 with three blocks in 21 minutes. And I thought they'd give Precious Achua big minutes, but they didn't. 10 and 3 in 18 minutes. Go ahead and drop Precious everywhere. Boucher played 21 minutes, 11 and 3, two steals and a block. Solid enough from him. He's more of a 14-team league guy. I'm not buying him as a 12-teamer. While it was an absolutely massive game from the Jedi. OG Ananobi. But what about Scarves? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Yeah, absolutely. What about Scarves? 14 and 6, 6 steals and 2 blocks with 2 triples. There were a lot of people panicking OG. He is now the 44th ranked player this season. Yeah, he's gone all right. Siakam, 31, 12 and 6 with 2 blocks. Now, I wasn't even... Actually, back to OG. I was like, I'm not drafting this guy. He's just always going ahead of where I want to pick him. Uh, so far, it looks like I was wrong on that. Siakam, I was pretty big on, and he's killing it at the moment. 15 points leagues this season. Um, 31, 12, and 6 with two blocks. Rough from the field, but huge from the line. While Scotland Barnes had a really good game as the starting point guard. 21, 7, and 8. Last few games have been pretty strong from him. Gary Trent still remains outside the top 100. Only the one steal here. The 21 points is nice, but it's always a trade-off. You get the points, but you get destroyed in field goals. 44% on 16 attempts. Two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. We know the problems. No assists, no steals. Bad field goals, but good scoring, good threes. <clears throat> and the steals are the differentiating factor. The steals are what makes him 85th or 90th versus 120th. That's what it is. That's all it is. Not much else to talk about there. We've got five minutes of Justin Champagny. Champagny? Champagny. That's a better way of pronouncing it. So again, that tells you all you probably need to know there. The Pistons and the Bucks. Pistons. Making it competitive after beating the Warriors. Yes, say the Bucks still win. They stay undefeated, 110-108. Um, the big fella, Cade Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. 27, 27, 6 and 7, 3 threes. 
I was re- I was panicking a little bit. Oh, geez, I had Cade too high, like end of second round, start of third round. Ooh, that might bite me in the ass. Well, he's 37th now, and he's uh, yeah, he's on track. I think of getting closer to that area. There were so many insane takes about Cade. Insane. He's absolutely rolling. So is Boyan. At some point, it's going to cool off, but not now. 23 points, three threes, two steals. Just ride it out, man. This is a top 35 player somehow, amazingly, because of insane shooting. Um, Jalen Duran was out, so Nerlens Noel played 19 minutes. And the big fella, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. 30 minutes, 11-11. Another solid minute game. Now, despite the last two games, he's still not a top 130 player this season. And I really don't think there's gigantic upside for Stewart. He's fine to have for now, but I'm not really sure how much higher he goes. 40 minutes for Jade and Ivy today, 19-7 and seven with two steals. He'd been dropping a little bit. This was a nice game. He's the 122nd ranked player for the year, while uh, Isaiah Livers really dropping out of uh, production at the moment, just three points in 17. For the Bucks, the Drew Holiday slump is over, 25-7-10 and 10 in 37, while Brooke Lopez, man, what's this guy doing? I don't, know what to, I don't know what to do with this. 34 minutes, that's already in itself, 34 minutes, while the bloke is sick. What? What? What are we doing? He's 34 years of age. He's coming off a year where he had back surgery. He's playing all his sick, playing 34 minutes. I guess when Connaughton and Middleton come back, they'll be a little bit more judicious, but holy shit, this guy is rolling. He's the 22nd ranked player. How? 24 and 9, two blocks, 63% shooting for Brook Lopez with two threes. I don't think you can sell high. I just think you got to roll with it. If you get a top 60 guy back, I'd probably do it. But man, this is great. Giannis, 31 and 7. It's a down game for him, but still good. Bob Porter's played 28 and had 15 and 12 as well. I think he's going to lose quite a bit when um, when those players come back, Connaughton and Middleton in particular. Javon Carter's had one good game all year. He went scoreless in 24 minutes while Grayson Allen uh, got hurt, never returned. Nine points in 20 minutes. He was a stream option, but yeah, that obviously didn't pan out. He's also not very good, as we can tell. Let's go to the next game. The Memphis Grizzlies predictably lose to the all-conquering Utah Jazz, and by predictably, I mean, what is going on with Utah? 121-105. Yes, Des Bain was out. Ja Morant was still probably feeling the effects of being sick, but that is still a pretty wild result. Ja had 37-5-4, doing his bit with great free throws on massive volume. Tyus Jones, with Bain out, played 27 minutes. He had 12-2-2. He's not going to maintain this, but, you know, they are really good numbers. And with um, Bain out, they started Lil John Concha. Four points in 26 minutes with three steals and a block. He's just a streamer, but he is a top 130 player so far this year. They also had a bunch. Who else? That Zaya Williams is out. Jaron's out. Bain's out. Laravia, who'd been playing well, was out. But we still only got 16 minutes of Brandon Clark. You know, you know to drop him. You've known to drop him for a while, so go and do it again. Get that garbage out of here! I mean, you can't do it again, but you know what I mean. Uh, Dylan Brooksy Brooks, 30 minutes, 19 points. You'll be shocked to know that he pissed everybody off and he shot horribly. What a shock that is. One of the biggest turn-ups I've ever seen. 19-4-1. I don't want to touch this bloke on a 12-team league. It's a points league. I could consider that. But he's just annoying. He annoys me. David Roddy. 29, uh, 29 minutes for the Scotsman. Six rebounds, two steals, and a block. Missed all eight of his shots. He can rack up some stats, defensively especially, but I don't really trust him to do stuff. While, um, well, actually, now, I know we just jacked off Brown and Clark, but Stephen Adams had to leave this game with a jaw injury. He played 19 minutes, 2-9 and nine with a steal and a block. Now, I think they would start Xavier T. Ullman if Adams is out, but it probably gives Clark a couple of extra minutes. 
Is it enough? I don't know. Because interestingly, uh, T. Illman came in, played 17 minutes while Clark was stuck at 16 minutes. Is T. Illman going to just get more? In a deeper league, you might want to check for Xavier and see if um, see if he's around. Could have been a much better line from him if he didn't shoot 29% from the line. I don't think they'll start Clark, personally. I think T. Illman will start in that role. For the Jazz, Larry Markin, man, he's rolling. I, I said to you with him, I'm not sure like how much regression there is because before today, he was shooting 24% from three. Well, he went 67% from three, had 31-11 with a steal and four blocks. Four blocks. Now, this guy's ADP was ludicrous. His ranking was stupid. I actually featured him as a thumbnail on my Fantasy Sleepers video, one of my Fantasy Sleepers video. But I didn't, I didn't see this happening. He's a top 40 player, top 30 player this season. And again, I look at what he's doing. I go, oh, those four blocks won't stick. The two-point percentage might come down, but it's relatively sustainable. Mike Conley was back 15-2-5 with five threes. He was a great late-round pick. He's providing good value. And of course, with him back, Colin Sexton was relegated. But we got more Sexton-Conley lineups today. 24 minutes for Sexo, 15 points with two steals. I still don't love him. I don't think his upside's particularly high, but it was encouraging to see him play those minutes. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Rough shooting night, 11 on 21%, but seven rebounds, seven assists. And I guess, uh, back to Sexton, I guess it helps that Gay and Fontecchio uh, and even Kessler to a, degree, to, to a degree were out, so they went small. Um, Horton Tucker had 13-5-2. He's hovering. While Jared Vanderbilt bar 22 minutes, 7-7-5 seven, seven, with a steal on a block. Well, that also helps the extra minutes there for Sexton going really small, pushing Markinen from the three uh, a lot more there, and Alinek uh, to the four and the five. As for Alinek, only 21 minutes. He fouled out. Seven points, three rebounds, but four steals and a block. 29% shooting is rough, but he's still killing it. He was still a great option you could get in round 11, round 12, round 10 some places. Um, really, really posting good numbers. While well, Malik Beasley had 18 with four threes. We know what he does. He scores. He hits threes. Sometimes, I don't know when to predict it. It's all up and down as it is with so many of those shooters. And you know you're going to have inconsistent production. But the Jazz, they just continue to be very good. Before I go on to the last game, I should have mentioned this at the start as well. As you can see, I am clean shaven. Well, sort of clean shaven, beard right down. It's because I'm raising money for men's mental health, suicide prevention, prostate cancer research, and testicular cancer research for Movember. I'm going to put a link for that to donate money if you wish to support me growing a dirty mustache for the month of November. There'll be a link in the description of this video and in the show notes of the podcast, or you can just go to Movember and you can go search my name up and you will find it. But I just thought I'd put that out there just so you can see like, hey, what's going on? And I'm promoting to raise funds. So if you do have some money you want to donate to men's health causes, Movember and this dirty mustache is going to be something you want to keep an eye on. Another thing before I go on to the final game, I... I forgot, as I was talking about that Grizzlies game, that Brandon Clark, the minutes were low. He actually did go uh, off with, it looked like an injured hand and didn't return after that. So a lot of that stuff I was saying about Clark and Tillman, hey, I just com- it just completely slipped my mind that Clark had that hand issue. I still don't think he's a great ad, but maybe that was a part of it too. So yeah, apologies for that. And I should have had that on the top of my head as I was doing that game, but it did slip my mind. Let's look at the last game of the night. The Clippers get a much-needed win over the Rockets, 95-93, thanks to, really, Paul George, who was great. We'll start with the Rockets, though. The delicate dancer, Alperen Shingun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Still only 30 minutes. He didn't play the last, I think, minute and a half in this game. 14-9 with a block. Good percentages. He's been good. He's a top 75 player this season. 
We hope that he maintains the starting spot when Fernando returns. I, I think he should, but we don't know with Silas. We've got 29 KJ Martin minutes for some reason. 23 and 6, a steal, two blocks. Really good numbers. But he's not a 12-team league ad. But Eric Gordon might be. Two for two, two, two. 12 points, two threes, two rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, two turnovers. 46%. He's like a top 110 player. I don't think it's going to continue, but for now, you can at least try it out. Cousin Kevin Porter, not his best, but 13, 5, and 5. And then we talk about the stinkers. Tari preseason, only 12 minutes with Jay Sean Tate out. Really hard to... You can't hold that, really, can you? And um, the other rookie, Jabari Smith Jr. Ah, Smitty. A stinker. Four points, five rebounds at a block, 25% shooting. He's shooting like 20, 30%, 31% from the field this season. It's a massive buy low. Even if he sucks, and maybe he does. Maybe he will suck. I, I don't think he will, but it's always possible with rookies that they just suck and they suck forever. That is distinctly possible. I don't think it's likely, but it is possible. I find it hard to believe that he'll go through the years a 31% shooter. There is 10 to 15 to literally maybe 20 percentage points improvement in Smith's field goal percentage. And that brings everything way up. Confidence, minutes, usage as well. I am not dropping and I am buying low. And I'm doing the same for Jalen Green, the Filipino legend, who was shithouse as well. He was really bad. 13-4, and four, a triple one, 24% from the field, 57 from the line. All of his percentages, two-point, three-point, and free throws. Well, free, th- yeah, free throws, they're, they're down from last season. I thought he'd build on a strong second half and take some big steps forward. Uh, it's staggering to me that he's taken steps back. But it's why also he's a buy low. I expect the percentages to at least get back to where they were over the full course of last season, not even the last month of last season, back to what his full season numbers were. And then maybe we get some improvement on that. But he's really struggling. I get that you'd want to drop him. I would not. If he has dropped in my league, I'll immediately add him. It is rough though. There is no doubt. I thought we could see a big step forward. The minutes are there. The usage is pretty strong. But the shots just don't fall. Also, his assist rate has dropped from last season as well. It's not something I saw coming. I thought we'd see a big second year. And he's been really quite poor in most of these games. I think he can be better, though. For the Clippers, the Paul George by-low window. Well, he pissed on that, didn't he? 38 minutes, 35, 9 and 8, 6 steals, 2 blocks, 5 triples, 58% shooting. Amazing. If it's a Zubats, 16 and 12 with 4 blocks in 32 minutes. Good luck predicting his minutes on a game-by-game basis. you got no chance. Absolutely none. They, the part of the problem with a team this deep, and while they're struggling and they're bad, is that if something goes wrong, Ty Lue can just make a change. Last game, Terrence Mann started over Norman Powell. This game, Luke Kennard started and played 34 minutes. Okay. 8 and 10 with two threes. Okay, good rebound numbers, but I don't trust that at all. That's why I was looking at Norman Powell as only a late-round pick, and he's been worse than that. Nine points on 27% in 21 minutes. So, yes, Kawhi is out, and Kawhi remains out. That doesn't mean Powell's getting 32 minutes a night because Kennard could get him. Batum could get him. Powell could get them. Man could get them. Coffee could get them. Bloody BJ Boston might deserve him. Really hard to consider um, Norman Powell a must roster. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, John Wall was out. He got more minutes. Dreadful again. Six points on 18%. You drop his ass really quickly. He's not a 12-team or 14-team league guy. He's a streamer on days like this. And even and it didn't work out. But again, you take the opportunity. That's what a streamer is. You can't predict Game by game, how everyone is going to do in every situation. Is the opportunity up? Are the minutes going to be up? Yes, and yes, those two things happened. He was just shit in Reggie Jackson and killed it. So just drop him. And then the next time, you have another crack at it if he's that option that you need. 
Batum had two blocks. Cool. He played 16 minutes with Bob Covington out. But this is just going to be a mess of a team, it feels like, for the majority of the season, unfortunately. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night with that final sixth sixth steal. He jumped to the top of the list. It was the Beatle, Paul George. Your waiver wire line of the night is Davion Mitchell. We talked about him earlier. Worth an ad. Young gun is Cade Cunningham on back-to-back nights. And your dud of the night is the Filipino legend himself, Jalen Green. Top 10 players in category leagues. Number one is Paul George, followed by Markin and Durant, Irving, Porzingis, Harden, Drew Holiday, Dennis Smith, Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, and Nicholas Claxton. Top 10 players rostered under 50% of leagues. Mitchell, Duarte. Mitchell will add Duarte, probably not. Malik Beasley, stream. KJ Martin, no. Eric Gordon, maybe. PJ Tucker, no. Rui Hachimura, no. Trey Lyles, no. The Duck, Luke Kennard, no. And Mason Plumley, no. Most of those guys are like 14 to 16 team league guys. Mitchell and Beasley, worth a 12 team look. And your top 10 players in points leagues for today, Paul George, Pascal Siakam, Kevin Durant, Larry Markinen, Jim Harden, Kyrie Irving, Porzingis, Dennis Smith, OG Ananobi, and Drew Holiday. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you are here on YouTube, why don't you thumb it all the way up, straight up the middle. Subscribe, comment. We're done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.